everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with a faithful Watermark member, Cindy Martin. Hello, Join the Journey friends. I'm Cindy, and I'm glad to be here today with y'all. I am so glad you're here, Cindy. I've gotten to spend a, a tiny bit of time with you because I work with your husband. But for those who don't know you, would you mind sharing a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward, where are you today? Okay, so I came to know the Lord when I was seven years old. Um, I was convicted of sin and knew that I was a sinner and needed a Savior. And we went to a faithful church that preached the gospel. And so I clearly understood it. Um, I was also raised in more of a legalistic church. So we were taught to read our Bible every year. So I did that. But when I would read my Bible, I just felt a lot of conviction. And Mm. um, so if I had a good day, then I felt like, oh, the Lord loves me. If I had a bad day, I felt like he couldn't possibly love me. I'm Mm. also a perfectionistic type of person. So those bad days were pretty often. So I struggled for most of my life with assurance of salvation and then went to college at Texas A&M. And went to a very Great <laughs> school. Highly recommend. <laughs> I went to a very faithful church there where I just heard the gospel in kind of a different way without that legalistic kind of curtain hanging sure. over it. And understood the gospel a little more there. Met Oren. Um, we started reading really good books and learning from really great teaching. Um, John Piper and different people like that really started to dive deeper into the gospel and how it affects and changes our lives. And then we got married and moved to Louisville for him to do his schooling there at Southern Seminary. And in our church, we sat under some of the most wonderful teaching. Um, Just so grateful to the Lord for learning about his sovereignty and his goodness and his acceptance and his calling. Um, And so through that time, I just— began to learn more about um, God's unconditional acceptance. And then we lost our first baby. We'd Mm -hmm. been trying to have a baby for about two years and um, finally got pregnant. And then we lost Jedediah when I was 16 weeks pregnant. And from that, um, the Lord just kind um, of—I don't know. It just changed me altogether. And it wasn't that He was punishing me or tricking me by giving us something and then taking it back because of the sin that I knew I carried and I knew that I struggled with. But he was actually blessing us with the chance to get to know him in a more intimate way. And for whatever reason, through that suffering and through those darkest days, I just learned that his love for me was solid and solid because he is good and he is sovereign and he is kind and all he does and that he's accepted me. And so I think I understood his grace in just a way that I just, I can't even explain how much it has changed my life. But um, I don't struggle with assurance of salvation anymore. I know that he's accepted me and um, I'm just so grateful for his love and his care through that. So I think I'm a different mom now. I have three beautiful kids and I pray that what I'm imparting to them is different than what I would have had I been mm. a mom in my 20s. And so just so grateful to the Lord for his kindness. It's amazing. We're grateful to be at Watermark. I'm so glad you're here, Cindy. Thank you for sharing. Exodus 36. Yes. Let's just jump in. Okay. Take it away. <laughs> what you got for us? Okay. So this is a fun chapter. Um, it's just kind of put right towards the end of Exodus. And I thought it was kind of fun to go back through and to think about um, if I had been 
an Israelite that journeyed through the Exodus. And, you know, my great-grandmother might have been one of the uh, midwives that protected the boys. And and, um, just thinking about, you know, hearing stories of how Moses' life was preserved um, and he was raised up in Pharaoh's house. And then, you know, as just growing up watching God work through the plagues and watching, you know, the Passover and sitting about thinking about sitting and having a meal and watching and waiting for the Passover to come. And then hurrying up and leaving my home with bags of treasure that weren't mine, that were given to me by the Lord. Um, and just thinking about crossing the Red Sea and watching that sea mm. close up over Crazy. the Egyptians. And just thinking about all the things that these people saw and experienced and going through the wilderness and grumbling and then being provided manna from heaven and quail from the ground and water from a rock. And just think about all the things that they got to see and experience. And then the way they got to experience even their failure, their, um, you know, throwing in the treasures that God had given them and watching pop out a golden calf and seeing Moses come down and become so angry, he Mm -hmm. smashed the Ten Commandments and then watching some of my friends die because of it. I think all of these things, I was just thinking about how much they had seen and then watching Moses go back up again and get the laws and come down with a glowing face and all the things that they got to partake of, of the Lord. And then you get into chapter 25 and God gives them a promise. Um, And he says, let the people make a sanctuary that I might dwell in their midst. I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. So that's amazing that he's giving them this promise Mm -hmm. um, right on the heels of this judgment. And so after witnessing all of these things, then God says, I'm going to empower this guy, Bezalel, with the skill necessary to build a tabernacle and organize and teach the workers. And so then you hear the calling to you to come and to give all that you have to God. And so I was thinking, would I obey in Mm. that moment? I think I'm so, I have so many insecurities and so much that I feel weakened that when I look at that, when I look at chapter or, or chapter 36, verse 1, and I say, in whom the Lord puts skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary, and they shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. I think my insecurities probably would get in my way, but I would hope that what that guy or what that Israelite woman had seen would motivate them to give all Mm. that they have, and I think it did. And I think they came with everything that they had. Their hearts were stirred. That's what they go on to say later. Their hearts were stirred, and they came, and they worked, and they gave all that they had. So I was just thinking about that and how beautiful that is and the whole culmination of all of that. They obey. They give more than they need. This beautiful temple is built. And then in chapter 40, you get the culmination where he comes to dwell with his people, um, and it's done. And Moses finished the work that he was given to do, and God came and he dwelt among them, which is amazing. And so then I started to think about this. You fast forward to John, you know, and you see the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glories of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses. There he is. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who's at the father's side. He has made him known. So just to know that Jesus came and dwelt among us, that he touched the sick and washed filthy feet. And he did all that he did, um, speaking a better law than Moses did. And so because of that, because of his coming and his dwelling among us, him being God with us, we're now indwelt by the Holy Spirit and we're enabled and empowered and equipped for his kingdom purposes. 
And then we can work together to build his kingdom and for his eternal purposes. And then the beauty of God with us is on display. I just thought Absolutely. that was a beautiful thing. It is. So then Corinthians, we hop ahead to that. And so oh, Corinthians, yeah. you've, got, <laughs> you've got them using all of their gifts and Paul calling them to use all of their gifts in just the same way they needed to in Exodus, the things God empowered them to do um, for his kingdom. So the still more excellent way of love is what they he calls them to through Holy Spirit stirred love, just like they had in Exodus. Um, we are the temple of a living God, having nothing yet possessing everything. So when we come empty-handed and with what we have and of ourselves, which is not much that he enables us. So it says they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to each other. And um, the same God who empowers them all and everyone, he apportions to each one of us individually as he wills. And I just think that's a beautiful picture of how God with us is displayed through that. Totally. So how do we, what's the application? How do we live differently because of it? Yeah, I just think when I'm prone to doubt my abilities or I compare my feeble gifts with awesome people that I think are so gifted and so amazingly um, empowered, um, or when I want to build my own kingdom or when I hunger for people to worship me or to give me praise, and wanting to build my own kingdom and wallow in discontent or dissatisfaction when those things don't happen, I can just stop and remember my true purpose is to dwell with God as He's dwelling with us and to delight in Him, to find our life in Him and glorify Him now and forever. So I just love First Thessalonians. We are, um, we're ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our, also our own selves. And we are to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls us into His kingdom and glory. So he who calls us is faithful. He will do it. He's the one doing the work through us for his glory. First Thess 524? Yes. <laughs> I cheated. I, I looked at the notes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, whatever we have to offer him can be beautiful, and he'll use it for his purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm thankful for that. And then ultimately, ultimately the application yeah. is that Take he's going to come, come and be with us um, so we can dwell with him forever. And so we can fix our eyes on those last days and we can work and serve and live our lives here um, with that. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with us and we will be his people and God himself will be with us as our God. So that's Revelation 21 and 22. So Amazing. Come, Lord Jesus, we are ready. <laughs> yes. And until then, yes, let's be faithful. That's right. Cindy, thank you for being here. This is our last week to enter the social media contest, so check out the information in the episode description. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.